0: Boom. What is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Draft Duo podcast with myself, Nosy, and my co-host, Jaxi. We have Jaxi back in the studio this week, thank God. We are sure to hear some random facts on some random players that we never asked for. (laughs) As usual, we are going to continue the podcast as always. We are going to do a quick game week review. Take away the points from what feels like an eternity ago and see how we can use them to help our decisions in the future we're going to go through our waiver results as well as our trade results our own game week review how we got on in our own leagues listener questions some trade suggestions and finally our waiver so loads to get through we will go straight into it
1: without further ado we'll announce this week's sponsor so this week is sponsored by vincent frayne also known as vince the guru frayne also known as Vince Wega. <laughs> Vince Wega is a top man from Bally he He's a proud FPL player. One of the nicest men I've ever met in Ballyhorness and lives and breeds fantasy football. He also has one of the best YouTube channels I've I've ever watched, like gives real in-depth analysis of each game week in fantasy football. So this is a big shout out to Vince Wega. You can watch his in depth analysis on his channel. It's Vince Wega 171074. That's Vince Wega 171074. <laughs> Give him a watch. He's absolutely brilliant and he's been a, a big advocate of the draft. 100%. Joe.
0: Big adv- yeah, but a big advocate of FPL in general. Vince has started and organised one of the best leagues that I'm involved in. It's what really kept me going in normal FPL and what really got me into it in-depth so shout out to Vince Vega for all his work he does on FPL content and especially organizing the Christie Nick public we'll continue on to our game week overview some of the points we have down here is that there was only two clean sheets last weekend or two weekends ago in the Premier League which was very very low we had recommended as well as a lot of other teams were tipped for clean sheets they were playing relatively poor teams and they conceded so it might be a turning point in the season where maybe we, we aren't going for defenders, but we will talk about that later on in the podcast. Son is playing up top for Spurs. Returned with a hat-trick this week. Will he stay up top is the question. If he does, he's a totally different totally different player. He's extremely high trade value at the minute, so we'll monitor Son and see will Johnson or any other players challenge him up top. Alanga goal. So
1: Alanga will be talked about in our waiver section for Forrest. Yeah, Alanga banged at the weekend with an awonee assist. Yeah. Um. So that stopped Awani's goal run, but was an Awani return all the same. Although Forrest have signed a lot of players, I do think Alanga has nailed some minutes anyway um, in that team. Uh, next, Villa at the back. So... They started off
0: with a 5 at the back? Yeah, Carlos got injured and then they moved to 4 at the back. So, Diego Carlos is currently on 75%. So, whether he'll start or not is up for question. Now, that also poses the point that will Emery change his lineup depending on the team he's playing? So, let's say, for instance, if he's playing a a lesser team, will he go 4 at the back and will he put Cash at right-back? I still personally think that they're better going forward with 5 at the back, but are one of them three centre-backs and we have Longley in there now as well two of them have to play so maybe the likes of Diego Carlos could be up for rotation and that might affect Cash's attack and returns if he's back at a right-back but we'll
1: monitor Villa and see how they go going forward yeah the Palace and Wolves game actually had a lot of returns gave us a lot more information so uh, Neto returned he had two assists and Edward two goals.
0: goals Eze goal so it was actually a good and a bad week for them players in a way because a lot of them now have been kind of highlighted to us Edwards trade value has gone up so has Eze so has Cunhas, who also banged mm. as well as Netos so yeah it was good to finally get on the score sheet but a lot of them players that were kind of going under the radar have now come to fruition last point we have is United in the mud sancho anthony in trouble that as i was saying to jacks say earlier might actually help united if garnacho gets to start with bruno rashford and Hoyland, that might be our best four attackers so it might actually work out in our favor garnacho will be on the waiver for majority of leagues so he could be a pickup this week if you think united are going to turn it around i wouldn't hold my breath in terms of the international break I don't like to look into it too much. Yes, it is it is a good way to get confidence in a player. I know Bruno banged a hat-trick and got an assist as well. That doesn't mean he's going to do it against, against Brighton. I think the most important thing to look at is the injuries and if anyone picked up some injuries. The only one of note that I can remember is Jack Grealish picked up a small tie injury. He's 75%. That probably gives Doku another chance to start, but I think after game week five, it's not going to be much of an issue. Onto game week four waiver results. So, another relatively successful weekend for our waiver results. We've had a lot of returns, a lot of people going off the waiver list and the watch list, which is more information and good as well. Our highest haul was Archer with 12 points, goes down Zuma with 11, Neto with 10, Decore, which I was very happy about because we did talk about him at length, as well as Dan Juma, mm. both scored. Piqueta got an assist. Patterson somehow picked up six points. Sade got an assist. Uh, Doji got five points. And Colin somehow got an assist after not starting the game. We had a couple of L's as well. The two Spurs boys in midfield, Pesuma and Starr, no good. Gusto, two points. Probably time to get rid of him with James coming back this weekend. Trakowski and Young, I hate Everton. Souffal <laughs> and Emerson, actually unlucky because... Luton got a late goal, Emerson had a disallowed goal so they could have actually been two very good picks if luck went your way.
1: Now Spurs, I know the Spurs lads didn't return they do have some good pictures this weekend it's Mm -hmm. Sheffield I believe this weekend so if you did bring them in it may be worth holding them just for this week. Yeah. Um, Similarly, I know you mentioned Archer, he did the massive returns I was watching that game and I was a bit gutted because I didn't have him on my team. Yeah, like, he looked electric. I, sh- I should have brought him in. He looked unbelievable. Yeah,
0: and I think it was because he played no fear first day out. That can be a defining point in a, in a player's career, especially when they come to a new club that they hit the ground running. If they struggle the first two or three games, that can like feed into lack of confidence. So yeah,
1: great him really pick- then as well.
0: Exactly. Great if you picked up Archer. We have a post up on our Instagram where we talk about some of the waivers that mightn't have returned but are still worth a hold. So if you want to go check that out, go to fpl underscore draft underscore duo on Instagram and we give each player a breakdown of the positives and negatives that you can look at over the next couple of game weeks that might make it a small bit clearer in your head as to why you might keep them. Could have been disappointed with them after game week four, but don't worry. They have some stats to back up why they're worth keeping in game week five so have a check at that and it might make your doubts a bit clearer in terms of our trade suggestions each week we give four trade suggestions for players that are probably not on the waiver they're going to be wavered in probably 90 plus percent of leagues but they might be worth getting into your team they're players that have been playing good in good positions, good underlying stats, but have not been returning yet. This means that other players would probably think that they're a small bit less valuable than they might be at this moment in time. So for the players that we recommended last week, our best performer straight away was was Stabajlai for Liverpool, a 10-pointer. Again, looked like a very, very influential player for Liverpool I don't think he's going to be consistent every week and going to get hauls, but I think he's going to be a nice player to have in your team and has relatively high trade value now. His starting average position will be a small bit deeper, although the last two or three games was relatively high. He don't expect returns, don't expect loads of returns, but he's going to be a lovely player to tick away there. We said it in game week three preview, where if he starts turning. A Liverpool fan is going... We said they're going to cream themselves. (laughs) And that is probably the case. You could probably get a lot for Sabajlai now. And I like to look at trading like that, where you're kind of going up a ladder. Now, you might have to take a step back, or you might think you're taking a step back, but inevitably you want to climb the ladder uh, of player value. I'm just thinking of my own trades that I've got over the line. I essentially went from Nkunku to Eze to San. So, to think I got an injured in Kunku... Now, I traded him before people knew he was injured. But, that's the way you have to be looking. That you always want to get a slight advantage. It's never going to work out exactly like that. But, you always want to be getting him one step at a time.
1: Yeah, you want to be going in when all the other players uh, undervalue them. Mm-hmm. And then, you trade them with a player they overvalue. Just to yeah to build to build it up.
0: Yeah, build it up. Now, as, as we said, it mightn't work out that well every time. But it is worth looking at. The second player we had, and I would still tip him again because he didn't return, which is, as we said, when we talk about trade suggestions and they don't return and they still have good fixtures, well, they're still a trade suggestion. Enzo Fernandez has one of the highest expected goal involvements this season. He has 2.65, I think it is, and he has not returned. He's got five points in total. In last... The last game week, he got 0.7 xgi, three key passes, one big chance, and four shots, two which were blocked. So he is still great value. Only thing about Enzo is Chelsea are coming to the end of their good fixture run, and after that they have some tough, tough fixtures. So don't be going all out for Enzo just because he probably will return in the next two or three games, and then you're stuck with him. And his see the thing about Enzo is he's not one of the mad, exciting players so yeah. he's he has a, a lower ceiling than other players I'm going to do a podcast on trading and the idea of trading which me and Jaxi talk about in brief sometimes but that's one key point that a player can only go so high in someone's valuation like I don't want to keep going back to it but San and izzy even though they could have been on par at some point we always know that San is always going to have a higher ceiling in terms of idea of trade value in players' minds his his potential to return is much higher much higher so like like what happened bang the hat trick yeah very unlikely as he's going to do that just because the team he plays for so always be looking at players on good teams with good fixtures that have under good underlying numbers our third player is wissa he had a two-pointer but hit the post his underlying numbers are still very very good we're going to talk about him in the next section section I'd still be looking at him. I'd still have Wissa on my radar. As I said,
1: we'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah. And the next one we mentioned was Miggy Almiron. He returned one point, whipped after fifty-seven minutes. So there's nothing more, nothing more heartbreaking than when a player is whipped between the fifty-fifth and the sixty-minute. It breaks your heart. But if you do have him, I would still hold him. I do think he's more nailed than a lot of the other attackers for Newcastle, and as well, they had a very tough run of fixtures. We said it already, they probably the toughest run out of all the teams, and their next few games is where Almiron could be very fruitful for your team. So they have Brentford at home, then they're playing Sheffield away, and then they have Burnley at home. So I would be expecting Almiron to get returns in these couple of games, Um, and then you could even trade him after that. Um, once his trade value has gone up
0: after returning. I know he only played 57 minutes, but I still think his average minutes are going to be a small bit higher than that over the next couple of games. They were struggling against Brighton, and I think he probably just wanted to change something up. I still think he's going to be the first choice right winger. So although Almiron doesn't have as high of a trade value as we probably thought, still is a good option and could increase in value later on, especially as you said, Jaxie, when Not if, when he returns. (laughs) I'd
1: be more confident of him starting over a toss-up between Barnes or Gordon. Like, who's going to start there? I don't know who's going to start. I do still think Gordon will start in that position, but I think if you want a nailed Newcastle asset for their excellent fixtures coming up, I think Almiron. Yeah, I would
0: probably have Almiron top and Gordon second and Barnes third in terms of wingers for Newcastle. Anderson fourth, obviously. So yeah, I'd probably still keep it like that. And then Jacob Murphy. (laughs) Oh yeah, keep him. (laughs) Moving on to our trade suggestions section for next week and for the future, I suppose. Our first trade suggestion is a player that we mentioned earlier on. It is Wissa. Wissa is 10th for expected points over the next five games. 27.6 expected points. Over the next five games, he's up there amongst... Haaland and Saka and all them Bruno all the likes of them players so he still is undervalued we have been practically monitoring Wissa over the last three weeks we gave him as a sorry a trade suggestion in week two we said he didn't return in week three he didn't return in week four perfect is this a time where you go for him now where someone who has him might think that he's he's done his bit that they want to get rid of him and upgrade I still think he's a good Good pickup for a lot of good strikers, the likes of Solanke I'd still rather have him over. I was going to say Jackson. They have a tough run of fixtures. Probably still would. I would have him over a good few strikers. Obviously Morris Foster. I'd have, You'd him, have him
1: over Morris. Would you? Yeah. I'd have him.
0: I'd have him over Ferguson, which is a bit of a shout just because of the rotation risk. So I'm, I'm not saying give all these players away for him. But I think he is right up there, especially with his stats. His stats back it up. 15 shots, 5 shots on target, 4.1 shots per 90, 2.5 expected goals, and that's a 0.65 expected goals per 90. So his next five fixtures include Everton, Forest and Burnley, with United and Newcastle thrown in there. United probably aren't that good of a team in terms of defensive stats, so you have four decent uh, fixtures there in the next five games. I still think he's slightly, slightly undervalued, but it depends who you give away for him. If you are given the likes of Jackson, I'd like to get someone else in the trade for him. Maybe a direct one for that might be a bit much. Especially because he plays for Chelsea.
1: Yeah, you'd be looking to double up, get two two for two, maybe get a midfielder in there or something like that. At the like same
0: that. time, Tony, if you're looking long, long term, Tony will be back. So, in like literally 10 game weeks' time, Wiss's value will decrease. But for now, I think he's still undervalued. One player that I was really angry that we missed last week in terms of trade suggestions was Eze. Eze had all the criteria that we look for in a trade suggestion. Playing very well, good fixtures, fantastic underlying stats, and probably undervalued. Eze is probably still undervalued. I think if you if you own him, you're happy to have him. But if you notice that someone is trying to trade for him, I would jump in there. Because if someone wants to cash in for Eze now, I think it's a perfect time. He's just got his goal that he needed his numbers in terms of expected goals isn't as high as i thought it'd be it's 1.75 so he's underperforming but he has had the most shots of any player in the premier league this year this year this season 4.8 shots per game which is massive most of any player as i said and he has a 0.76 expected assists so Although his expected points over the next five are only 19.8, which is relatively low for his stats and the fixtures that he has. That's what, s- just
1: under four per game. Yeah,
0: which is still nice, ticking along. Mm. Now, expected. Roger po- numbers.
1: Yeah. Uh, Premier League season 22.
0: Yeah. 21, <laughs> yeah. 22. About. Now, it's, the thing with Eze is that, or the thing with the expected points, sorry, is that they're only a guide. You know they are only a guide and they're just done on an algorithm that doesn't say that he's not going to score more than as i said Wissa over the next five game weeks but he has every factor that we are looking for a player that's going to do well they have villa fulham united forest and newcastle again i'm not counting united as one of them red fixtures that fpl does so i suppose we'll have to see what villa are like this week fulham conceded the most goals forest I know they're actually had a clean sheet last week, but I still think they can be got at. Another point is that he's playing with an informed striker. Edward has three goals and one assist this year. Mightn't be a bad shout to trade for. I think he will be overvalued this week, unfortunately. But if you are playing with a striker that's confident in scoring goals in a in a good team, a relatively good team, that is going to increase the value of the player that you are selecting. So Eze is still a fantastic pick. For this game week. And for the long term. I know he might have a couple of hard fixtures in there. But I think on penalties. The way he's playing. The, the way he took his goal last week. I think this is just a start for this season.
1: Next up in our trade suggestions. Is Ben Chilwell. Now he only had one clean sheet. And one assist so far this season. Although his stats suggest. That he should have two attacking returns. He is playing as a winger essentially at the moment as well. So although his minutes haven't been fantastic, he's been whipped at 60 and 80 85 minutes. It could be a good thing because it would enhance his chances of keeping a clean sheet and getting those clean sheet points as well. So although he hasn't returned as much as the stats say, looking to the future, Chelsea do have some very good fixtures. So next week or this weekend coming, they've Bournemouth after that then they had Villa Fulham And then Burnley So I will be confident That Ben Chilwell In these running games Based off his stats and Based yeah, based off these fixtures That he will Be getting the returns That We hoped he would have gotten At the start of the season
0: He also has Expected 25 points Over the next 5 game weeks Which is Just behind Son And if I told you You could have Son In your team Or you'd trade for Son You'd probably give Loads of players So, Chilwell is a fantastic trade suggestion. Now, I also, the reason we put him down here, it's it's fairly obvious, Chilwell's a good player. But the reason we put him down as the trade suggestion is because a couple of these factors. Maybe people think that he's going to get rotated. They've been looking at the minutes and they've seen he's got whipped twice and they're thinking, oh, Chilwell's not a great asset this season. But if you're looking deeper in, you're thinking it's not really that much of an issue. Chelsea have struggled in some of the games and maybe they wanted to change formation. I think Chilwell Chilwell is still as good of an asset as we think he was. So if people don't think he is, he's slightly undervalued. So he is the third person on our trade suggestion. The final person is not as exciting as the last three, but it's all about being undervalued here. There's two players that I was, you know, had a toss up between them, but I'm going to go for Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez has, (laughs) I know, Raul Jimenez has some great fixtures coming up. His stats aren't great. He's 0.8 expected goal involvement. So he hasn't even racked up the stats to get one goal. But I would watch, think you'd gone mad I know. if you requested him. I know. But I watched him play and he passed the eye test. He's just better than I thought he would be. I thought Raul Jimenez... Back to prime and, Raul, Raul no, Jimenez. No, no. This is the issue. If he does bang over the next couple of games, Fulham have some very good fixtures. And if he does bang, he could potentially look like the Raul Jimenez of the past I think if he doesn't return over the next couple of games he's definitely not going to return to that player I don't want to say ever again but I think it'll be a long long road
1: back as it already has been the other player I was thinking of was Botman well before we move on to to Botman you're thinking if Jimenez does return this weekend people could get starry eyed and they value him higher like this weekend they've they've looted yeah Palace Chelsea Sheffield so
0: two good fixtures in them. Then they have Spurs, Brighton, United, okay, they have a tough fixture. They have a tough fixture,
1: but looking at the next four game weeks, Chelsea don't look great at the moment. No. Especially for keeping a clean sheet. Sheffield, Luton, Luton Palace.
0: So he could be in with a chance of returning, but the thing is, I think people think Raul Jimenez is muck this season. Yeah. They wouldn't be far wrong, but I think if you can get a very, very average, like an, um, an Adebayo, who's playing for Luton, I know has a double game week. Or Semenyo. uh, Semenyo. Exactly. If you could get a player like that for Raul Jimenez, who's a starting striker up top, possibility of being on penalties. I still think Pereira and Wilson are probably ahead of him. But I think it's a nice shout. I think it's a bit of an under-radar. It's a bit of a... A Bit uh, of a punt. What's the thing? Like a superhero. What's it called? Uh, An underdog story. I want Raul Jimenez to bang. And I think that he will be undervalued based on the um, fixtures coming up and his underlying stats. So kind of going against the grain there, but that's one from the heart. One from the head would be Botman. Botman is only available in 5% of the leagues. Probably going to have to trade for him. He is nailed as a Newcastle centre-back. We know the fixtures from Game Week 6 we mentioned them when we were talking about Almiron. I think he's going to be a massive, massive player for Newcastle. I think going with the defense is a bit more sensible because we know who's going to play. But at the same time, people might look at his stats and our sorry his fixtures and and want to keep him. So it depends who you're going to give away from. At the same time, people might think that there's going to be rotation for Newcastle based on Europe. Now, if there is, that might be a good opportunity to get him. If this decide to start with him in the Premier League, I still think they're going to play with him in Europe and play their strongest team. He is 25%. He has an injury, which I think is a perfect time to get him. People might think, I'll throw him on the waiver. They might think there's someone else going to come in there. I think probably won't play game week six or five. But after that, game week six, he has a serious run of fixtures. So, Bottman is kind of a more sensible one under the radar. 25% now is the time to get them before Game Week 6 comes around and people do not want to let go of any Newcastle assets at all. So we have essentially four and a half. Raul Jimenez is a half trade suggestion there. Look at them and see... He's half the man he used to be. (laughs) As well as our trade suggestions, which are players that are currently undervalued, we're also going to look at a few players that might be currently overvalued. These are players that are overperforming their stats or other people might have an inflated valuation on obviously most of the time they have enough inflated valuation because they're returning if they're not returning they probably don't value them as high so a couple of players that have been phenomenal so far this season as we know a has i think returned in the last nine games in a row in the premier league possibly 10 I'm not saying to get rid of him. But I'm saying if you get a very good trade for him. I would take it. He still might continue his good form. But he is going to. Probably decrease. Over the course of the season. Who would you be looking at though? The likes of a Darwin? A Darwizzy? I think Darwizzy is also overvalued. Because he's been. As the word that's used with Darwin. Is chaotic. And I think he's a chaotic pick. Because we don't know if he's going to be. In five games time. What is Darwin going to be for us? I would be looking at players like this where they're at peak. You mentioned Matty Cash. I threw out a load of trades for Matty Cash this week. But I probably was trying a bit much. Yeah. You know, I was trying to increase my um, midfield a small bit more. Rather than trying to get like a trend for him. Because you're not going to get it like that. So I was trying to work him in a trade. James Ward-Prowse. We talked about him in our last podcast where we looked at Possible new signings into the league. James Ward Prowse is a high overperforming asset. Now, stats don't take into account the quality of a player. So, if a player has a 0.5 XG chance, well, if I take it or James Ward Prowse takes it, it's the same thing. Same way as if Maguire is one on one versus. Jackson was both of them are shy. Yeah. <laughs> if Jackson versus McGuire they don't take their quality into account and I think that might actually be a reason as why James Ward-Prowse is overperforming because he's so good at free kicks and corners that he's probably just performing to his normal standard yeah. but the reason I talk about him is because Jackson got a trade for Rashford for James Ward-Prowse so in that person's head that sent that trade they think that they can get Rashford for James Ward-Prowse now I'm not saying that Right now, James Ward-Prowse is a terrible pick compared to Rashford. You can see the justification, but we have to look long-term. 5, 10, and over the whole course of the season. So that just shows how inflated players' valuations can get. That At the start of the season, if you said, I'll take James Ward-Prowse for Rashford, you would have thought that that would never be possible. Whereas now, someone thinks that's possible. Obviously, he didn't take it, but that's what our valuation can do. Two other players I have in my notes are Morris and Foster, both with double game weeks in seven. So yeah, they could be players that you look to get in, but at the same time, it's not quite like game week seven, is not going to make and break it. If you look at your team and you think it's set up well enough for game week seven, or you look at who you're playing, and it's an easy fixture. If someone's not playing and they've injured players, and you have Morris or Foster, well, don't hang on to them just for that game week. Trade them for a possible player that is going to get more points in them over the next, as I said, 5, 10, 15 game weeks. So although they are the number one player to look at that game week, Morris is the most valuable, one of the most valuable players in game week 7. Don't just hold him because of that. If you're getting a good few trades for Morris in, well maybe send a few back and a bit of a reach. Yeah. What, who can you get for Morris? Just because he has a double game week on seven. Now I still think over the next, they have some good fixtures. I still think he'll he'll do well and probably will return in that game week seven. But if you,
1: after game week seven, what, he's plummeted down again, people will be staring because it's a double game week, and you will be able to get someone of higher value than than Morris just because it's it's one game week. Like I need to get him in. That's he's a double game week. I need to get him in. He'll get me the win in in this game week. But you could get someone like. <laughs> Not Dow is he? Not Dow is he? We're gonna stay away from him. The likes of Ferguson. Oh, that's
0: who I had in my head. That I would probably want over Morris for the course of the season. Even though Morris is on pins, he's playing with Luton. I think over the course of the season, Ferguson score more, scores more goals and gets more points. So I never like backing against a player. And we're throwing out a lot of predictions here when you think about it. And uh, I, I'm presuming, I don't know, but I'm presuming people are in their head being like, you told to tra- you told me to trade out Awoni and he scored. That's going to happen. But we're just trying to capitalize on price valuations, fixture swings, uh, form and everything. So a lot of these players will probably continue to do well, but it depends on who you could possibly get for them at the time where they're at their peak value. So keep that in mind. We're consistently going to look at overperforming players and give you the stats and let you know that but maybe this is a possibly good time to get rid. I love myself a trade, so send us in what you have. Send us in some of the suggestions that you have either sent or some have been processed. In our own trade dilemmas, we put a lot of them up on Twitter. So if you want to follow us on Twitter and give us your two cents, that will help us and the people that we put them up for. Twitter, FPL underscore draft underscore duo. Same as our Instagram handle. Go on, have a look at our trade dilemmas and let us know what you think. We had some interesting ones this week. Halland was involved. I think Halland's always going to come out on top there. Mm. As he did.
1: We have one for today and I don't think there's any trade, even with Halland in it, that people will accept. I don't like how many players How many top players would you be willing to give away just to get Haaland? Yeah.
0: Uh, We put out a tweet there yesterday, the night before and it said that if you have Haaland in your team and you're not challenging or winning your draft league A, you're either doing something wrong or B, you're getting extremely unlucky because if you have someone that is nearly guaranteed to return all you have to do is build a team around them. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to build a solid base to get maybe you guts to 20 points outside Haaland and you're going to probably win most games Yeah. and 20 points is relatively easy if you get two and three pointers and a couple of turns you could be up on 40 or 50 points every game week so i don't think i'd be training at Haaland for anything
1: average three points for every player for all for the 10, yeah, 10, yeah, other, yeah, 30, for yeah. 10 other players so now at the same time them. if
0: you were given three very very good players for Haaland and two duds i'd probably take it Because that would be spreading I think that they'd outscore Haaland But if it was like A Saka And A decent striker Like a Jackson And a defender For a Haaland and two waiver picks I think you're going to have to go with them That's I think that's a bit of a no-brainer But if it's a A one-to-one Obviously there's no one If there's a two-to-two Still It'll have to have Salah Or Saka Or someone like that involved
1: It'd be two premium players for one Haland. Hundred percent. That's how it would work.
0: Our trade suggestion or our trade dilemma this week is Bruno versus Odegaard. Now we're both on different sides of the fence here. Personally I'm going Bruno. I think his underlying numbers are some of the best in the Premier League. He is in a poor United team, that's the problem. And I think if he had the players around him and the team was settled, he would be playing to his stats. I'm a United fan. But I also have owned Bruno and I know the frustrations, frustrations with him where you expect him to return and he gets a yellow card. Now I t- still think he is very likely for a haul. Bruno is that type of player. I, I was talking to one of my friends in a group chat about Saka versus Bruno. I think Saka is your more consistent player. Bruno could be your 12 or 14 pointer on any given day. There's some very good fixtures coming up with Burnley, Palace, Brentford and Sheffield. But right now, I don't know if that makes a difference for United.
1: Yeah, the way United are looking at the moment, everything on the pitch and everything off the pitch, I just can't be confident in United returning. Mm-hmm. Like, although, yeah, maybe they've Garnacho is going to be starting now, Hyland coming into the team, could be looking well for them, but I'm still not convinced yet that they have the attacking returns. Um, to suggest that Bruno will outscore Odegaard, mm-hmm. Especially in the near future, just based on Arsenal's form and Odegaard's form. Odegaard looks absolutely sick so far
0: this season. And because they're playing with that inverted left back or right back, it does give him a small bit more of an opportunity to get forward when they're in possession. I think Odegaard again is a sensible pick, Bruno is the kind of bit more exciting pick. Yeah, as you said, Bruno's the one that'll get you the fourteen, fifteen pointer. Yeah, and but Odegaard will be keep you ticking along when you you kinda nearly expect a return from Odegaard and Saka every day. Mm. and you're hoping for a big hole off Bruno. Yeah. Only difference there that you can tell them apart is penalties versus non penalties. Yeah. Even though then, Odegaard did take one. So he's in the mix but Bruno's guaranteed. Yeah. And Bruno's nearly guaranteed to get a yellow card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, Jack, said if you're going Odegaard I'd personally be going Bruno. It depends what you want. Do you want someone that's going to just be exciting and, and go off or do you want your consistent points? Sometimes consistency is better in the draft. Our other question is about Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey of Aston Villa. He is back from injury and in with a shout for Villa. Now, Villa have been up and down. Mm. They they've been unpredictable. We said they've a good when they play well, they look very good. I still think Ramsey will get into that team. Even if they play a 4 or 5 at the back. I'm looking at their team. Douglas, Louise. I'm looking at their centre mids now. Douglas, Louise, John McGinn, Camara. Camara. Now the only thing that the, that Emery could do is change to a 4 at the back and go 4-3-3. Three, three. And I know Ramsey has played on the left-hand side of the midfield. And done well. Last season, 6 goals and 7 assists. I think that was a fantastic returning season for him. If he got something similar... He'd be doing very well. I don't see Ramsey outscoring that this season, especially since he missed the first four or five games. If he got something close to that, I'd be happy. I think the way Villa are set up, I don't think he'll be given as much responsibility in terms of returning. He's a great player all round. He can do both. So I think he might sit a small bit deeper because of the likes of Watkins and Diaby. You'd be thinking that'd be the front three, would you? That's what I'm just thinking myself now as I talk about it. I think Ramsey maybe could go left wing as well and Watkins up top, Diaby right wing but I'd still be more than likely seeing him in a a deeper midfield role or even possibly if they start with the the five at the back in beside Kamara, Douglas, Louise. Mm -hmm. So it depends where his position is. I'd be holding off. My overall opinion on Ramsey would be holding one more week. I don't think people are going to
1: Rush to him I think there's too many question marks Over the Like the formation And Like yeah Players going to start Players coming back from injury Like some Moreno Yeah Ramsey These are all coming back All question marks over them So Hold and see Hold and see
0: Because as you said Formation Even if he does start The formation might hinder his performance And I think Ramsey Even in a 4-3-3 If that's his most advanced position Now if he plays as a left winger Which I don't think he will that's a different story. But in a mi- deeper midfield role, I still think there's a lot of other more exciting midfielders that you could probably pick up on the waiver for him. Yeah. Our last question was, stick or twist with Ben Mee? Ben Mee got a start in the last game, played 80 minutes for Brentford. Unfortunately, he didn't keep a clean sheet. But is he back in there full-time now? Nathan Collins got dropped for him, came on and got an assist, Collins did. Don't know if that's going to decide whether he plays or not. I think... I think it's hard to leave Ben Mee out of that Brentford side. But also they want to play their new big signing in in Collins. For me, it depends on your team. And I know that's a very easy cop-out answer. But if you are struggling with like a couple of defenders. In my team, if I had Ben Mee, I have Collins and I want to get rid of him. Mm. But if I had Ben Mee and I think he's going to start, I'd probably keep him. Now, in the draft duo podcast or draft that we have, I wouldn't have been me because we have three decent defenders. We have Akanji, Diaz and Cash. So you can play them three every day and you could probably use your fourth spot for a defender that has a really good fixture that week. So it depends on your defense. If you need a a consistent enough player that might get returns in the next couple of games, yeah, keep them. But if you already have three or four decent returns, defenders i think ben me could be on the waiver for a more exciting pick
1: that week which we will talk about in the waivers yeah i can't see ben me like either scoring a goal or getting an assist because more than likely brentford will concede we've seen they've conceded in um most of the games or all all of their games they've so only far. kept one clean sheet they've only kept one clean sheet so far and that's across the board a lot of the teams are conceding goals. Um very few clean sheets have been have been kept so far this season. So I would be looking at a different team or a different player that has a better fixture uh, coming up. Especially, so especially for this week.
0: Especially that he only just got into the team. Will he be out next week? Uh, what
1: was the reason for that? So yeah. If you, if you have him in and they're playing Newcastle this week and then after that they're playing Everton and then Forest. I still wouldn't be confident of them keeping a clean sheet against Forest. And possibly... Everything at home. Everything at home.
0: I think that... If you want to keep him on your bench for that game specifically.
1: If you are... uh, Fucking... decore ball though.
0: DeCore ball. Yeah. Sorry. No. Decore will bang a hat-trick against Brentford. So there's no point having been me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It depends on your team is the overall answer. If you have some good defenders already. I don't know if there's much point. You know, is he going to start over one of them? And if not, well then why would you keep them on your bench? Is there another players that you can pick up that might have good fixtures in the future? I know he has two good ones. Maybe you want to keep them for them and then get rid. But I still think there's a couple more exciting players that might have higher trade value and are nailed on their team. So on to our most important part of the podcast, our waiver suggestions. These are waivers that you can bring in this game week or you can bring them in for the future that will help improve your team. We're usually going to break it down into teams, but then also give the percentage availability in a 12-man league. Draft FC gives loads of statistics on players and especially applies that to the draft. So you can go on and sign up at draftfc.co.uk and you can input your team um, ID and you can get expected points. You can get the percentage waivered so that what we're going to give you when we say availability we mean that in 80% of 12 man leagues you can pick up this player it also runs through predicted lineups and also applies that to your league as well so you can look at what their predicted lineup is and who owns them or if there's any available players so if you see a team has a good fixture you can go on to the predicted lineups see that they have a starting player that is not picked up by someone and it can be very very helpful for planning for the
1: future now the waivers first team we're going to look at is Fulham now although Fulham have taken on a lot of shots and they've conceded the most out of all the teams so far they have some good fixtures coming up they have Luton, Crystal Palace, Chelsea and then Sheffield in their next four games so I'm quite bullish on Fulham at the moment particularly Pereira who is 20% available uh, in the 12-man leagues and Bobby de reeve he's 80% available in 12-man league. So he actually has one goal and one assist and has also the highest average positioning. On I think that we tipped Decor de 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 cordova Reed
0: last week as a watch list, wasn't it? Yeah. And he returned, definitely. Looked,
1: like, looked like a great player, a great asset. So I'd be definitely looking at bringing him in this week. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, Pereira, he's on pens. Um, so, yeah, Pereira, the quarter eve. And then a bit of a punt then with Wilson. So he's 0.5 expected goal involvements. And he's available in 85% of leagues. So it's a bit of bit of a punt. And then in defence, we're going to go with Castagna. Now, recently signed... Uh, he has two goals and three assists uh, last season. So, in terms of attacking returns, in a Fulham side that hasn't produced many clean sheets, you will be looking for attacking returns from defenders. And the defence they've got at the moment, I'm not seeing it. But Castagne can bring that uh, that attacking flair. And if you are looking to get a Fulham asset in defence, Castagne could be could be just a punt.
0: Also, with Castagne I think he could be one of the better Fulham defenders in terms of trade value. Now, I know I always bring trade value into it. But the other suggested defenders for Fulham are Ream and Diop. Robinson, possibly. Tete might get the curly finger next week because of Castagne. If Castagne gets in there. I know he came on for a cameo last week. So, it could be Castagne's week to start. So, Castagne, Tete could be... Rotated, it depends on how they want to set up. All of them are highly available. Ream is available in over 50% of draft leagues. Diop 37, Robinson around 35. Now, although there hasn't been many clean sheets this year, Fulham have a 44% chance at a clean sheet this week. Only team that have a higher percentage are Spurs against Sheffield, which is, you know, I'd love a Spurs defender this week. So with a 6% decrease, you have a Fulham defender. Not saying that that's going to work out, but City have a 42% chance. So they have a higher percentage chance at a clean sheet this week than City. So three things we always look for in waivers, as usual, fixtures. They have the fixture. Stats. They have a 44% chance at a clean sheet. And then the eye test. Although they haven't really passed the eye test this year, I think two out of three is good enough for us. So if you want to take a chance on a Fulham defender, there is loads of options. I'd probably go with my attacking options first. Pereira number one with decor Dover Reed number two. Wilson if you're looking to get into that. I presume the likes of Raul Jimenez are going to be wavered. In terms of defense, I'd probably take a punt and say Costagna number one if he starts. Um, Reem got a goal last week, so I'd probably go Diop. Hardly going to bang twice in a row. Yeah. Diop, Robinson. Ream. Probably go like that. Anthony Alanga. 85% availability. Should be starting for Forest this week. Now he is down as a ra- sorry, of oh, yellow flag. 75%. He got his goal last week. If he starts, I think he's a great option. Only problem is that Forest signed 500 players over the course of the season. <laughs> um, Callum Hudson Odoi. die. Um, Amabab Now I know he's a defender But they bought Loads of options They have a, a full second team Did the same
1: last Last summer yep, they, they bought just... like 24 players Last summer
0: I still think If you're Alanga And you're relatively fit You're thinking I deserve Or I did enough To deserve a start here So Alanga is a very good punt This week Especially with Johnson Now gone to Spurs Exactly So you have Alanga You have Gibbs-White And you have Awoni As the attacking options If they start like that Again, the only issue I'd have is that they bought so many players, they have a good fixture, but will that actually hinder them this week? Bringing in loads of new players, trying to get them into the team and disrupting the kind of flow of it because they've been doing okay. Mm-hmm. So Alanga is a nice little attacking
1: punt for this week. If you're looking for a few defensive assets from the Forest team. We're looking at the likes of Bali and Aurier. So Bali is actually available in 85% of leagues. Aurier then on the other hand, he has been that more attacking than Bali. He's that that better player in terms of returns. He's only available in 25%. So if he is there in your league, he will be a good player to pick up. Now, the concerns we have with them is, as you mentioned earlier, Forest has signed about 500 players. So will there be a bit of rotation going on this weekend We'll have to wait it out uh, I think they're probably out oh, of that whole defence The probably two most nailed yeah. Nails?
0: Nailed um, Aina as well, left wing, back Do mm. you know what? I'd nearly go for him again Because <laughs> we put him down as a free agent And he got injured just before it If he's fit, I'd nearly just go with my heart Sometimes go for him mm. But I think if you're looking at two of the most nailed Aurier, hard to drop From the far side I think they'd be stupid to do it. Yeah. And Bali uh, nailed centre-back and just banged. So, be confident. Just banged. His goal was
1: pathetic. pathetic you but you'd take
0: them. Yeah. So and
1: their 36% chance of a clean sheet this weekend against Burnley. Burnley are a good
0: attacking side. But still, if you're going with stats, 36%. Not bad. Probably, again, look to the more attacking one of those players in Aurea trying to get a return. But if you're stuck and you need someone to play and you want a chance at a clean sheet, Bali might be a good shot.
1: If you are very stuck, Bali, he is there chilling. He could get another lucky goal. But
0: Our next player is Zinchenko for Arsenal. He is only available in 9% of leagues, in 12-man leagues. If you're in an 8-man league, he's probably going to be available unless someone jumped the gun last week and got him in. He is going to be inverted for Arsenal, which might actually hinder him in terms of attacking returns, but he looks like he's going to start this weekend. In terms of percentage clean sheets, they are on 40, which is fairly good Mm -hmm. for them stats. And he's going to be a kind of medium-term hold. Not a long-term or not a short-term. Party's out until the international break in October. Again, when we see injuries that long, they might be another two or three weeks. They could be a two or three weeks shorter, but you're going to have Zinchenko for the next number of games. Now, I'd be looking to get in Zinchenko and they have Everton, Spurs and then Bournemouth. If they get a clean sheet against Everton and then possibly maybe not against Spurs, Bournemouth might be a good fixture to target to, to trade him. People might want look might look at that Bournemouth fixture singly and say, oh, I like Zinchenko. But you know in your head that Parry will be back in a couple of weeks' time mm-hmm. and he might lose his, his place. You never want to wait too long with players like that that you know their time might be numbered because, well, then everyone knows. Like yeah. Gusto. Like, Gusto is... Not very valuable now with James coming back, but three weeks ago he was. So you want to get
1: a bit of time out of them, but not overstay their welcome. We will keep you updated on the party situation because, from my last understanding, he got injured while in uh, training on the international break for Nigeria? Ghana. Ghana. Um, But yeah, he got injured in training, so he is out injured for longer than expected. So Arteta did say it could be another couple of weeks or months for party but we will update you on that just on zinchenko as well he did bang uh, against england in the international break i know he plays a bit more attacking for ukraine than he does at arsenal but practically plays as a number 10 for ukraine sometimes. yeah but the, that man is there and and the player is still there and he's getting the game time now at arsenal yeah.
0: Continuing on, I see that Burn is available in five percent of leagues. Same as Batman. So if Batman or Burn are available in five percent of leagues, I would be putting them very high on my waiver. I know they might be a relatively boring pick, but Newcastle's fixtures of the next short term are just too good to ignore. Burn or Batman are going to improve your defense. So I'd be looking to them very much so. I know they've only five percent availability, that's in twelve man, if you're in an eight man or a ten man, I'd be putting them down big time until europe comes around which is actually relatively soon i wouldn't be worrying too much and even if they are rotated i don't think they're going to be in europe that long so i don't think over the whole course of the season it's going to make that much of an issue our next couple are two punts johnson for spurs we talked about him as a watch list he hadn't signed for spurs yet he has now He's available in 20% of leagues. Johnson is an interesting one because we know he plays in the right and up top, but San is playing up top now. I still think that although San's doing very well, that inevitably he will be moved back to left wing if he doesn't keep performing. If he does, fantastic. But if he doesn't, I think his natural position, although it's not very good in FPL, is left wing. Johnson will be given a chance, either up top, right wing for Kulisevsky. He would be given a chance. How he does at that will dictate the minutes he gets. I still think we have another player down here. I still think he's better than Solomon. But Solomon this week might be a good punt. Johnson's just signed, newly signed. I don't think he gets a start. I think he gets about 30 minutes. So if you like Solomon for 50, 60, 70 minutes against Sheffield, he's a good pickup. I think after that, Johnson might be the 50 or 60 minute man depending on who he plays for. Does he play for Kulisevsky? There's going to be injuries. So I think Johnson is a nice pickup. If he starts playing for Spurs, he's going to have a relatively high trade value. He's like one of them players that you you could trade that might return, Mm. might not. Someone else wants a punt on him. So I would be looking at Johnson, but we have to understand that his minutes are not nailed yet and mightn't be in the future at all. I can't see Son staying uh, up top. Now, Ange did say the reason he didn't buy a striker is because he knew Son could play there. Yeah,
1: very true. But at the same time... I've, I've seen Son get choked out when he's played up top as well.
0: Yeah, and I think he's so good, so good that they will want him on the ball. Now, I know they have Madison there now to kind of to provide him yeah. with that. But I just still don't think he's a natural striker, although he did bang a hat-trick. I still think if Johnson performs up top, maybe he'll be given a chance up top, Son on the left wing. But that's all hearsay. If Johnson started regular for Spurs up top, he's a different pick altogether. Yeah. Not saying that he's going to bang, but in terms of trade value, and in terms of like if Johnson started playing up top, I would get him in straight away. If he played sixty minutes average up top for Spurs as a midfielder, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer.
1: Yeah. And you'll notice we haven't mentioned the goat of Richarlison. Oh. Um, he is. He's gone. Um, I, I exactly. can't. I can't see him getting back in the team. He was whipped for Brazil as well after. I think it was 60, 60 minutes during the week. I think he was crying on the bench. I think he knows himself that he's not performing. Like Obviously, he knows himself he's not performing, but he's going to be missing chances in terms of getting getting in the team.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's a long way back for him now. He'll still be given chances, but his confidence is an all-time low. He had the first couple of game weeks to prove that he could be good. And not only did he not bang, he played very poorly. So I think Richarlison could be a bit of think could be good night Irene I think in January he could be gone yeah but we will see how Johnson I think Johnson looks like a bit more of an exciting player in terms of Charlison. Solomon, Uh, Solomon good attitude got two assists but I still think he's going to be rotation I think Sheffield might be his last game or his last starting game that we know he's more than likely going to start and has a high chance of returning kind of like Jan Duma last week if you want a chance at Solomon now is the time Our last two players are two injured players they are available in roughly eight to ten percent of leagues and two fantastic pickups if you could get them. Reese James and John Stones. Now I presume a lot of people had just hoarded these for the last couple of weeks and kept them on their bench but a good few people probably got fed up and threw them on the waiver. If they're on the waiver I would highly recommend getting them. I'd probably put Stones a bit higher than James even though both of them have The red flags James will probably Get injured again If he doesn't He's obviously the better pick But stones Will be rotated yeah. So pick your poison I probably Now if I put a, If you put a, a Gun to my head I'd pick James And just expect The disappointment
1: At least I know He's going to yeah. start I'd be the opposite Would you, you pick stones i pick stones Although he may be Rotated the chance of a clean sheet is definitely higher. Yeah, it's with, true. With City.
0: And he will probably go back into that position of playing a bit more forward, but now they have Kovacic um, and Nunez, so maybe he might be back in his centre back role. I take my chances at having Reese James start over stones over seven defenders. Mm-hmm. So pick your poison, but get them in at the same time. Yeah. Now, it depends on who you are getting out, it depends who else you're putting down on the waiver. I still probably put them down higher than any other defender. I have yeah I'd, I'd love if I had John Stones on my team I'd love
1: either of those i definitely put them down higher than I think most. James injury um, his, his, his what's the word his chances of getting injured Probably. is so high oh, yeah I know it's. Very I bad. wouldn't like him I'd be nervous watching him playing every week yeah but I'd like to have him on my
0: team all the same but them two them two depend on, on positioning of your team so if you have no striker don't put down James or Stones. Put down your Betos or whoever you have. I didn't mention it actually throughout the podcast, but if you are looking at the waivers or listening to the waivers and you're saying, well, where's Kudos? Where's Doku? All these players that I couldn't get in until now because my my league had a ban, we have a podcast for that. Last week, we uploaded a podcast, Game Week 5 Waivers. This is talking through all the new signings for teams, all the best options. Johnson's actually in there but we're looking at him in more detail today so if you're looking for any of the new sign-ins which is loads of they actually might be a lot better signings this week than than some of the ones we've mentioned but that depends on your league if your league is a locked league well then you have a chance at a lot more players as always we have a very very long list of waivers trade suggestions we've probably mentioned upwards of 30 or 40 players in today's podcast We give a lot of background here. We give stats, we give our own eye test and talk about fixtures. On Instagram, we are going to give a condensed version of this. We're gonna put up simply the players that are available in different percentage brackets. By the weekend, we probably have narrowed down the best ones, so if you want to keep up to date with possible injuries, let's say if we've recommended one of these players and they're out or someone else gets injured, and there might be a waiver in their position follow us on instagram follow us on twitter as well for all the same information with extra trade dilemmas polls
1: and interactions as always we'll end the podcast with a question but before we do we'll answer last week's question and it was besides fantasy football what are myself and nosy's jobs so me myself i do it sales so i sell software to schools in asia Sounds dodgy, but it's it's actually <laughs> legit.
0: He's actually helping people. Yeah. And then Nolsey? I am a teacher. I am a science teacher, believe it or not. So every day, I think three times today, I brought fantasy up. <laughs> today, I discussed fantasy football in connection with drawing notes, that your notes have to be easily read. I was like, if you look at an infograph of fantasy football, they show you stats, clear stats with a picture you don't just read them so I always try and rig fantasy football into it i seen this week FPL teacher shared a post that he started an FPL club in his school and that is my ultimate dream I have been chatting to a
1: few boys about fantasy
0: maybe it's something that I could do down the line
1: yeah the software that I sell it's about adding extracurricular activities into schools some schools have e-sports and maybe down the line you could have fantasy football ECA activity nice. in the school. Nice. You could be, you could be the uh, the instructor. There you are. But uh, that was last week's question. This week, then, our sponsor was Vince Wega. Now Vince Wega notable belly harness man. He has a nickname for myself and Stevie, aka Nolsey, <laughs> Apologies. What nickname does Vince Wega have for me, and what nickname does he have for Nolsey? We'll fill you in on the background to the nicknames next week as well. Hint, I'm fan, and Jack Maloney has got
0: some moves. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks as always for listening. If you made it this far, appreciate it big time. Give us a share, like, rating, all that good stuff. Thank you again. Hopefully all your waivers go to plan and you win all your leagues. Draft, duo out. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>